Ready. Set. Spartan Race is back for 2018, and we're accepting no excuses. Barbed wire crawls, tire drags, spear throws, and much more. Whatever your ability, you'll discover the right challenge for you. Take on our 5 to 25 kilometer events designed to push you to limits you never knew you could overcome. Complete an obstacle course race and let adventure back into your life. Are you ready to unleash your inner Spartan warrior? Visit spartanrace.uk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 22nd episode of The Three-Point Threat. I am your host, Jared Woodcox. Excited to be back on the show with everybody. And uh, it's almost hard to believe that, you know, we're this far into the season. The Jazz are 9-11. and We've played 20 games. And I will say that last week um, was a little bit more reassuring than what we've seen of late. It was a good sign to see the Jazz get back on track, earn a couple of wins, making me excited for what could lay ahead. I feel like this team could very well be on the cusp of turning the corner. Um, I guess knock on wood a little bit. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but um, there there were a couple of reassuring wins against the Bulls and the Bucks to end the week last week. So excited to talk a little bit about that, but but more than anything, I hope that everybody had a great Thanksgiving, and I'm sure we're all playing catch-up this week after a fun holiday weekend. I'm doing the same here. I know that those of you who are um, familiar with the Three Point Threat podcast know that you know each week I go over three points relating to the Utah Jazz, kind of talk about each of those in detail. And the third point has always been a look at the week ahead. I'm going to do things a little bit differently this time, guys, just for sake of time and sake of everything that's been going on the past couple of weeks with uh, the jnotes.com and, and with Thanksgiving and everything. My three points today, I'm simply going to take a look at each of the three games the Jazz have ahead and kind of give my brief analysis of each one of those. So I'll be starting with um, Utah's hosting the Nuggets on Tuesday for point number one. For point number two, I'll chat about uh, Utah visiting the Clippers on Thursday. Then last of all, we'll discuss Utah hosting the New Orleans Pelicans on Friday. So with that being said, let's jump right into episode 22 of the three-point threat. Point one. So the Utah Jazz's first game of the week will be against the Denver Nuggets on Tuesday. And, you know, the Denver Nuggets have actually been playing pretty well of late. They put up some impressive wins when, unfortunately for them, as I'm sure most of Jazz Nation knows by now, um, they lost Paul Millsap to a, a wrist injury. He had to leave the game against the Lakers, and now it turns out that Paul Millsap is going to miss two to three months with wrist surgery. And, you know, that's really a tough blow uh, for the Denver Nuggets. I know, you know, as Jazz fans, we all love Paul Millsap, want to see him do well. Um, so it's really a bummer to see that happen. Although it may end up being, you know, pretty helpful for the Jazz in this contest, um, the Nuggets, you know, I, I still think they're going to be a great team with Millsap out of the picture. But the fact of the matter is, he was their second leading scorer. He seemed to finally be getting accustomed to playing with that team, playing within that system, and the Nuggets were playing good ball. Um, you know, after Millsap left that game against the Lakers with the wrist injury, they did go on to lose. Um, not long after that, they were blown out by the Houston Rockets. Um, then they got a nice bounce-back win against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, although I think we all see now that um, the Grizzlies were and are in quite a bit of turmoil uh, with the announcing of David Fisdale's firing. But anyway, I guess the point is, I don't really know what to expect about this Nuggets team just yet. You know, how fast can they bounce back after losing Paul Millsap? Is it going to be something where they shake it off pretty quickly? Um, we know they have a lot of power forwards. That was kind of the joke about the Denver Nuggets this offseason, that they have so many power forwards. If they can bounce back from that and really fill the void left by him pretty quickly, um, they could still be very good and they could still, you know, beat this Jazz team in this first game of the week. 
Obviously, the Nuggets have a lot of young guards who've been playing pretty well. Um, they have, uh, you know, a potential star in Nikola Jokic who's played amazing this year. And I really think that the Nuggets are still going to prevent quite the challenge for the Jazz. If you remember the first game where Utah and Denver faced off, you know, Denver was up by double figures there for most of the game, but the Jazz are able to make a nice late push to come back and beat them. Um, honestly, don't think the Jazz can really rely on that. We've seen all year that when the Jazz get off to slow starts, for the most part, they don't have the firepower to come back and overcome those. Um, so I'm hoping the Jazz can come out strong. Obviously, it's going to be on their home court, and they can really set the tempo right away, slow down the Denver Nuggets, who, you know, they, they play a fast pace. The Nuggets, you know, they're kind of a high-octane offense. Um, not quite as much as last year, but they're still up there. So this is still going to be an incredible test for the Jazz. Obviously, they're pretty beat up too, you know, without Joe Johnson, without Rudy Gobert. Um, it was just announced that how Neto is questionable for the game. Um, so really, the Jazz are going to have to be ready for this one. However, I do think that Utah will come out on top. I have a good feeling about it in this one. Um, I'd like to think that the wins over, you know, Milwaukee and Chicago were a sign of the Jazz are slowly but surely starting to turn the corner. You know, I feel like they've, they're have they starting to figure things out. Their offense is flowing. Their spacing looks better. And I still think the Denver Nuggets are going to need more time to adjust to filling the void left by Paul Millsap. Yes, they have a lot of power forwards, but none that are nearly as good as him. And so I'm really liking Utah's chances in this one. I predict they will win the first game of the week. So with that being said, let's move on now to point number two. We'll look at when the Jazz visit the Clippers on Thursday. Point two. So as I said, Utah will then go on to face the Los Angeles Clippers um, in Staples Center on Thursday. And wow, the first thing I want to say about this one is the Clippers have been such a strange team this year. I mean, obviously they started out 4-0. It looked like they were going to be kind of a surprise team this year. And they have just absolutely nosedived from there. You know, before the season started, I had predicted the Clippers would be 10th in the West. I really wasn't too high on them. And then after they started out 4-0, you know, on an earlier show, I had Christian Dudley on the show. And we both talked about how, you know what, we were probably wrong about the Clippers. It looks like they're actually going to be, you know, right in the thick of things in the Western Conference. But, you know, I think that before I was low on the Clips, and I probably should have stuck with that line of thinking because I honestly think that they're in trouble. Um, obviously, we know the injuries they've had um, have brought them down. Patrick Beverly is out for the year. There was a stretch recently where the Clippers lost nine in a row. They bounced back slightly from there um, by winning two in a row, but that was against really bad teams in the Atlanta Hawks and Sacramento Kings. Um, while I'm recording right now, they're playing the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll see how that one pans out. Um, but I just think the Clippers are in quite a bit of trouble. I'm not sold on Doc Rivers as the coach. They've dealt with a ton of injuries. You know, obviously, uh, Milos Teodosic um, has, has been out for a while. Gallinari's been hurt. Um, I already mentioned Patrick Beverly, who's out for the season. And this was one of the biggest concerns facing the Clippers coming in is they have a bunch of guys that just had a hard time staying healthy. Um, you know, the thing they have that going for them, I guess you could say, is that Blake Griffin is still good enough to, you know, give them wins, to push them to wins. He had a couple of game winners already in the season. But I think the Clippers are really an interesting, you know, kind of state right now. Um, we've heard DeAndre Jordan is apparently being shopped. I really don't know that they have the depth to just keep up and stay, you know, on pace with the rest of the Western Conference teams. Um, one thing I will say, though, that, that makes me a little nervous about this game, even though the Clippers have looked bad, and one might assume the Jazz get this one figured out and come out with the win. You know, the Jazz struggled against the Clippers. Um, you know, last year, obviously, the playoffs, the Jazz played well, but in the regular season last year, and before that, for years, the Jazz just had a really hard time against the Clippers. I feel like there's still a little bit of that, you know, mentality there. 
Um, I think the Clippers have a lot of confidence against the Jazz, even though there's a lot of new faces on both teams. Just after seeing that game earlier this year where the Clippers just manhandled the Jazz, I kind of got that same feeling again that, wow, this this Jazz team just doesn't quite have the same mentality when they play the Clippers, um, at least in the regular season, which is what makes it so strange that the Jazz played so well in L.A. Um, in the playoffs this past year. So that's my concern, though, is that, you know, the Jazz have had some struggles there. Um, obviously, they, they were beat pretty bad early in the year by the Clippers, but I do think the Jazz are going to get it done this time. I mean, obviously, I think Patrick Beverly being out is really going to hurt the Clippers all year long. The other injuries they're dealing with, um, kind of the turbulence they're facing now, there's going to be a lot of angst in that franchise, you know, with how their record is, with the big losing streak they just had recently. So I'm feeling confident. I, I know that maybe I'm a little bit too optimistic after the Jazz got um, some nice wins last week. But I do think the Jazz, after beating Denver on Tuesday, are going to bounce back and, and come away with a win um, again against the Clippers on Thursday, which would mean a four-game winning streak, um, which seems kind of crazy based on what we've seen so far to the Jazz. But uh, that's what I'm going to go with, guys. That's, that's what I'm predicting, and that's my thoughts for that second game. So let's move on out of point three. I'll look at the final game of the week for the Jazz and, and some final thoughts on how I think all three games are going to go. Point three. So after flying out to L.A. for the second game of the week against the Clippers, the Jazz are going to return home um, to play the New Orleans Pelicans on Friday. So they'll be traveling back to Utah. They'll have that second night of a back-to-back on their home court uh, where they will host the New Orleans Pelicans. And, you know, in years past, I've really liked the Jazz-Pelicans matchup for the Jazz. I feel like it's been very favorable for them. And honestly, even this year, if both Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors were playing, I'd still really like the matchup because I feel like, you know, Gobert's done a great job on Cousins and Favors has done an exceptional job on Anthony Davis. Um, But this year, you know, you have both of those two together and they have some games under their belt. They have some experience playing together. And honestly, I I feel like the experiment, you know, the boogie in the brow or (laughs) Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, I feel like that experiment appears to be working quite well, at least so far in the season. And so, you know, with just favors and not go bare in the picture, I feel like the Jazz might have a hard time stopping that duo um, of Davis and Cousins. Obviously, for the Jazz to win this one, they're going to need Jerebko and Epe Udo and, and Tabo Sefalosha to step up big time. Um, you know, they're going to have to be really big on defense to slow down um, New Orleans' two top scorers by a long shot in Anthony Davis and, and DeMarcus Cousins. Also, the offense is going to have to be, you know, firing on all cylinders to make up for you know, probably, I, I feel like Davis and, and Cousins are probably going to have their way for the most part. I hope Favors can continue to do a good job of stopping Anthony Davis, but if he does, there's not really somebody else to go in and stop Cousins. So I feel like the Pelicans are going to do a pretty good job of putting up points against us. So our offense is going to have to be able to keep up. You know, if we can if we can be firing on all cylinders, kind of like we were against Milwaukee, obviously we hit a franchise record of threes in that game, and that's not going to be necessarily sustainable. But if we can be anywhere close, that's going to be our best bet to uh, winning that game. I do think this is a very winnable game for the Jazz. You know, the Pelicans do have a winning record right now. They've looked pretty solid to start out the year. Um, but just the fact that it's a back-to-back that Gobert's not playing, and we have our other injuries, of course. I just don't think the Jazz are going to win this one. Let's not forget, you know, I, I've already predicted the Jazz by by the second game of the week are going to be on a four-game winning streak. Let's not forget that before this recent little, little tiny burst of success, the Jazz looked pretty bad. Um, they won seven of eight. Um, that was pretty pretty much a brutal stretch for them. And I think they do have some kinks to work out, even though they have looked better of late. 
Um, you know, with that being said, I, I hope that the Jazz really are turning the corner, and maybe you know me picking them to struggle against the Pelicans is going to be inaccurate. Because if you remember, I picked them to struggle last week against the Bucks, and that was absolutely not the case. So maybe the Jazz are starting to turn the corner. Maybe they get it figured out. Uh, but I'm just not feeling comfortable with that just yet. I hope this is the week where they prove me wrong and they show that really they are going to start turning the corner, becoming that team we hoped they would be during the preseason. Um, with that, you know, I have the Jazz at 2-1 and one on the week. Uh, so beating the Nuggets on Tuesday, beating the Clippers on Thursday, then falling to the Pelicans on Friday. And honestly, if they can continue to go 2-1, and one, you know, that would be, they went 2-1 and one last week, they go 2-1 and one this week. And they just keep making these little strides where they're going two and one or two and two or three and one where they can, depending on the number of games in a week. Um, they're going to chip away real quick, and, and I really feel like they're going to make their way up the West standings. I mean, right now, even though their record is just nine and eleven, they are in eighth place in the Western Conference. Um, the West surprisingly has not been all that great so far this year, uh, partially because of the struggles of the Memphis Grizzlies, the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, even some of the other teams in the top eight haven't looked all that impressive. I mean, honestly, um, when you get right down to it, aside from the Warriors and the Rockets, um, no one in the West has looked all that formidable. No one has looked all that unbeatable. Um, you know, I think the Timberwolves are good. Um, I think that the Spurs obviously are good, and we'll see how much better they are once Kawhi gets back. Obviously, they're not all that healthy right now. Um, I think the Blazers have looked fantastic, even though, you know, the Jazz beat them recently. But I guess my point is, you know, besides those top two teams, really, I feel like the West is wide open where we thought the West was going to be kind of a, a dogfight. And it still very well could be, and, and I think it will be. But from where we're standing right now, it hasn't <laughs> hasn't quite been the case. It's kind of been a weird start to the year in that regard. So with that being said, if the Jazz can just, you know, they don't have to go on a 10-game winning streak. They're not in dire straits. Um, they just need to keep chipping away, you know, having these weeks where they finish at 500 or above, and I think they might end up being just fine. Now, with that being said, I don't want to get ahead of myself just because the Jazz beat the the Bulls and the Bucks. You know, those are two teams that, you know, the, the Bulls obviously are, are pretty terrible. Um, the Bucks, you know, I, I did just love that game from the Jazz because I felt like it was the first time they've put together, you know, a complete game against against a good, not a great, but a good team. Um, in quite a while, so that was good to see. Um, but just because the Jazz, you know, beat those two, I'm not going to say that all their problems are solved and they're instantly going to be, you know, over the, the recent losing streak they had. But I think it's a good sign, and I, I do think the Jazz are headed the right direction, and if they can keep chipping away, I like their, their chances. Honestly, even though I predicted the Jazz to lose to the Pelicans, I do think that is a winnable game. I think all three of these games are very winnable. If the Jazz somehow go 3-0 and this week, you know, if they if they can pull this together and really turn the corner and do that, that would put them at 12-11. and They'd be above 500 by the end of the week. And that's a pretty big deal, especially considering that, you know, you don't have to have a winning record right now to be um, in the top eight in the West right now. That's exactly where the Jazz are at. They're in eighth place with a 9-11 and record. So that would be big. Um, honestly, I, I just think you could say this is a very big week in general for the Jazz because they can prove that, you know, they're getting things figured out. They're coming together as a team. They're learning how to play, you know, without without Rudy Gobert. Maybe Ricky Rubio gets more comfortable. Hopefully Rodney Hood and Donovan Mitchell continue to light it up. If that all comes together and, and we see that the Jazz go even 2-1 and one in this week or go 3-0, and oh, I think that's going to mean big things ahead that, you know, they're getting used to one another. And the team's really coming together. Quinn Snyder's getting the most out of them like we hope to see. So that's my thoughts on the upcoming week. Um, that's going to do it for today, guys. I apologize for the shorter show this time. 
um, but hope that we can get some great stuff to talk about for next week. If you guys have any questions you'd like me to address on the show, any suggestions for topics you'd like covered, be sure to reach out to me at, at 3 pthreatpodcast on Twitter or at, at the JNotes um, or at thejnotes.com as well. Plenty of places to reach me. Um, be excited to continue bringing you great jazz content next week and, and all throughout the season. Thanks, guys, and go jazz.